0: So this morning, uh, as we've been worshipping and as we've, uh, the, the theme from last week, I, I, I opened and started doing a theme on the blood, because I'm just aware that very often, uh, the blood often doesn't get mentioned, and we just wonder, we sang all those amazing songs about the blood of Jesus, and what the blood of Jesus has done. And we are cleansed, though our sins were, What? scarlet they are now as white as snow just the beauty of the simple gospel of the good news and the few few scriptures that we looked off at last week was the first one we looked at was uh, uh, i think it was ephesians 1 verse 7 where it says we have redemption how are we redeemed how have we been purchased how have we been brought back we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The perfect one for the imperfect. The spotless, spotless one for the spotted. When, Jesus, when God looks at us, He looks through, through lenses, through the lens of the blood of Jesus, and He sees us as holy and righteous. So you and I have been purchased, we are no longer our own. The precious blood of Jesus has purchased us. We are no longer our own. I want to emphasize that because when I look at my own life, sometimes it's only about me. It's only about my comfort and my desires and my hopes and all that. And it's not as it should be. It should be about Jesus. Because we've been purchased and we are no longer our own. So we 've been forgiven. And then the other scripture from last week, was just a quick summary, is Hebrews 10 verse 19, "Because of what the blood has done, you and I have confidence to enter the holiest of holies by the blood of Jesus. And so the blood of Jesus achieves a whole host of things, it achieves redemption, it achieves communion, it, it achieves healing, it protects us, it gives us the victory, we've sung that today, victory is not in, in Alan Blackman's strength, victory is in the power and the might of Jesus, in the power of the finished work and what the blood have, has achieved for us. God's heart is eager to reveal the blood of Jesus. There's no redemption without the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no life. So Holy Spirit, I ask you now that you would teach us, that you would show us the blood you, you would show us again what the blood achieved and help us to apply the blood of Jesus to our own lives. That it would, it would transform us as we understand what the, what the blood did. The blood is powerful. It's a strong weapon. Holy Spirit, show us. Show us. Teach us. Teach each one of Teach us Jesus. Show us Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. In Genesis, going back to the beginning, and I want to just go, to maybe go through a few things. I don't know how long I'm going to get through today, but I want to go back to some of the, 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 the early references to blood. So maybe we need to go right back to the Garden of Eden. We need to go back to the creation story. We need to go back and seeing and seeing Adam and Eve walking in this beautiful garden, this place of pleasure, where they were created to be, where they were created to live. They were clothed with glory. They walked with God. They were given a few things to do. They were given authority to name the animals. Imagine what fun that must have been, naming the animals. And so they walking in the garden. And they have this conversation. Eve has a conversation with the serpent. This conversation which derailed humanity which derailed mankind. Why was she entertaining The serpent, when they walked with the king of kings and the lord of lords, when they walked with the creator of the heavens and the universe, when they were created in the image of God. Why did you have this conversation? And we see the world in which we live in now, this fallen world in which we live in now, which needed Redemption. One of our greatest warfare, weapons of warfare, is looking at Jesus. If you want your faith to be increased, if you want to grow in faith, what does it say? Faith comes from what? Hearing the word of God, listening to God, listening to the voice of God in your life. And as I listen to the voice of God in my life, then life will flow. But so often we live. We listen to other voices. We listen to strange voices. We listen to voices which are going to try and derail us and hijack us. And so in Genesis 3.13, the Lord said to the woman, What is this that you have done? She ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She ate And God asked, what have you done? And she said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. You shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Wow, right at the beginning, in the fall, and man has fallen, God is looking to redeem. God is looking to to save. God is sharing the gospel, the good news. And he's saying there will be a war between your seed and her seed. This is the gospel message. He shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the crushing of Satan, even though Jesus suffered, he still crushed the devil. But you must, or we must never forget the, the suffering that Jesus had to go through on that cross. That separation from, from his father, that, that beating, the, the pain, the, the blood that flowed from, from his life. We must never forget that. We must never lose the enormity of, of that. And so often as, we've been walk, as we walk with Jesus, we can take things for granted. It can become familiar. And so we see, unfortunately, we see in verse 16, we see uh, the Lord saying to the woman, He said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow And your conception in pain you will bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. To Adam he said, "Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the fruit from the tree, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life." What a what a pronouncement! What a judgment that came on on Adam and Eve. When you think of the original calling, the original calling was to tend the garden. Now he has to work the land, and there's thorns and there's bristles, and and uh, it's 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 hard work. And you and I and people in the who are who are walk, working in, in in business will know that it's not easy. there, there there's a battle. There's a fight. And that's what Adam and Eve were banished to, to a work, to hard work, to pain, to. And because of their sin, because in the day that you sinned, in the day that they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what happened? What was declared that they would die? In that day, on that day, they died. It took, how long did it take for Adam to actually die? 923 years or somewhere in in that region, it took him a very long time for the impact of his sin to kill the body. We were never designed for death. God has put eternity in our hearts. We were designed for life. And that's why Jesus had to come and the final thing that he had to deal with was death. And so Jesus came to restore us to working in a garden. To working in the, in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden means, means pleasure. So it was never meant to be a tough, a tough task. And there were thorns and thristle, thrith, thistles. I get it. It shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herbs of the field. Jesus wore a crown of thorns. It reversed the curse. In verse 19, in the sweat of your brow, you shall, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For from dust you were taken and from dust you will return. And Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the, all the living. Also Adam and his wife also for Adam and his wife the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them Immediately after the fall we see these three things happening We see redemption we see Adam was kind of a little bit maybe content to live in the in the garden without God and he actually tried to hide from God They tried to hide But God was not content with that. God had created humanity, you and I, to dwell with us. Isn't that a beautiful thought? And He wasn't going to let anything get in the way of that. He wasn't going to let our sin get in the way of that. And so He provides a lamb. God wanted to redeem Adam and Eve right from the beginning, right from the beginning of the fall. And so the gospel was preached. The seed of the woman will crush the seed of the enemy. Through the life of Jesus, his death, his burial, his erection, his resurrection, resurrection ascension, and return, he crushed the head of the evil one of Satan. Isn't that an amazing story? Isn't that a beautiful story? Don't, don't you and I, I'm getting, I'm, as I'm sharing this, I'm always preaching to myself, I'm getting excited about what God has done for us. And right there and then, he, enter, he, he introduces the power of the blood. What does he do? He clothes them with what? With animal skin. With animal skin. What a strange remedy. On the outside there was the skin. On the, un- on the inside where, there was, where the blood was, it would have been uh, there was the, where there was the blood. So the father covered Adam and Eve in the blood of an animal. It's the father that introduced the blood. It's the Father that introduced the power of the blood. It's His idea. Redemption is His idea. Saving you is His idea. It was not our idea. It actually was His idea. And how does He save us? He saves us through the blood. Our nakedness was covered by, the, by an animal. By an animal skin. The blood. The blood of Jesus covers us. I think we looked at it briefly last week, but where they had to put the blood of, blood of the lamb on the, on, the, on the lintels. That covered them. The, the angel of death would not pass over them because they were covered by the blood of the lamb. Your life and my life needs to be covered by one thing and one thing only. It's the blood. Genesis chapter 4 we see the story continuing. We see uh, Eve uh, conceiving and giving birth to Cain and Abel. And Eve were his two farmers. One, uh, Abel was a, it was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And Cain bought, bought an offering. The offering of the fruit of the ground, the first fruits of the ground. Abel bought the firstborn of his stock. The Lord respected Abel's offering. But he did not respect Cain. He did not respect the offering of Cain. And I've always struggled with this. And it's probably struggled with a little. It, it, well. It's, 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 quite, it's quite hard as you look at it. This is fair. That's the kind of thing that go, goes out. But somehow. Cain. At least. Abel offered an offering which was acceptable. Somehow, by faith, he offered something. And in verse 8, Cain rises up against uh, Abel, and what does he do? He kills him. The Lord says again, the Lord's is still interactive with humanity. He says, what have, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The blood speaks. The blood cries out from the ground. The blood of Abel speaks. The blood of Abel is looking at demanding justice. But then we have a blood. We have some blood which speaks a better word. And it is the blood of Jesus. And of course the blood of Jesus just doesn't just doesn't demand justice. It provides a way out. It provides a way out. We are saved. By the blood of Jesus. Let's go to. Hebrews chapter 12. This God that we serve is an awesome God. He's a fearsome God. He's a fiery God. If you look in the Old Testament, we see mountains and we see uh, God at the top of the mountain. And we see fire and lightning and and thunder. And uh, we see uh, you can't just waltz up the mountain. Because you're going to get taken out. Sin cannot enter up the mountain. And what Hebrews chapter 12 says, You have not come to a mountain that can be touched, that's burning with fire. Talking about yeah, the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. To darkness, to gloom and to storm. Speaking of what Moses touched, Moses went up to a trumpet blast. To such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. This refers to what happened... Uh, when, the, when, the, when the guys were at the foot of Sinai and the, we were all called to go up the mountain With all of us we were all called to be priests because they could not hear what was commanded if even an animal touches the mountain it must be stoned to death this is the word of God if an animal touches the mountain it must be stoned to death Why? Why? Because He's a holy God. And you cannot come into the presence of God without the shedding of blood, without being washed in the blood, without being cleansed. And you and I, you and I here today, you and I, we can do that. We can enter the presence of God because of the finished blood of Jesus. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Jesus has been sprinkled in heaven in the holy of holies. It's been sprinkled. And it speaks a better word. It speaks a word that you and I are forgiven. It speaks a word that you and I are righteous and holy because of what, the, what Jesus has done, because of the finished work on the cross. And we need to get excited by that. He did it all. He shed His blood. He paid it all. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So at some point in His ministry, He offered His blood and poured it over the mercy seat. I don't know how He did that. Because most of his blood was spilt on this earth. How did he collect it all up? It's just a little bit of a mystery. Sometimes you, you read the scripture and you wonder, well, how did that actually happen? But the scripture says he, he sprinkled his blood that you and I might be cleansed. Revelations chapter 5 verse 9 and 10. Let's have a look at what it says about the blood in the scripture. Could be the last scripture of the morning. Maybe maybe one more. What is the blood speaking? Revelation 5, 9 and 10. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break the seals. For you were slain and you purchased for God with your own blood men from every tribe, and tongue people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom a priest to our god and they will reign upon the earth what a beautiful scripture what a beautiful scripture declaring what god has done what he has purchased his being slain does i'm sure it says somewhere in the scriptures he was slain before the foundation of the earth. Is that correct? I just couldn't find it. But he was slain for you and I before the foundation of the earth. Is that, is that a scripture, anybody? Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't find it this morning. But, is, but isn't that a miracle? That before the foundation of the earth, Jesus was slain. Jesus had you and me in mind. Isn't that exciting? Aren't we, aren't we uh, going to go from this place with a bounce in our step, with uh, realizing that we have been purchased? So the blood declares a, a few things here in this, in this scripture. The blood declares that first and foremost you have been purchased. And I know I might be going over and over it again, but at that purchase, we've been purchased with a great price. We are no longer our own. We've been purchased by the blood of, by the, blood of the Lamb. And we are owned by God. Isn't that the best? We couldn't ask for any other person. That He is now our King and our Lord. And he's purchased men and women, men and from every tribe and tongue, people and nation. So Repta is a picture of that today. There are people from every tongue and tribe and nation. There's somebody from England. There's somebody from Zulu land. There's somebody from a uh, french Mauritian background. They're, they're, we all come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different ethnic, ethnic groups. And we are together. And that's the kingdom that he was purchasing. He purchased this beautiful kingdom for you and I. And it says there, you have made them to be a kingdom. What's the key of the kingdom? The key of the kingdom is is the king. The king is in in our midst. The king is with us. The king dwells in us. So we are a kingdom. We are part of the kingdom of God. A new kingdom. And what does the kingdom of God look like? It's not about... about eating and drinking and all those kind of things, although sometimes I like all the the good food. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace. That's the kingdom that you and I are part of. That's the kingdom of you. Marilyn and Trenchard are going back to England, uh, I don't know, a couple of days' time. Tomorrow, you're going back and and you you are part of the kingdom of God and you're taking King Jesus with you. And you're going to impact there. You're going to, it's been wonderful to have you guys with us over this period. And so we're part of a kingdom. And what kind of kingdom are we? You have, been made, you have made them to be a kingdom, a priest to our God. The first thing we meant to be is priests to our God. We've been invited into, the worship, into worship to touch the heart of God. We don't sing songs for half an hour 45 minutes just because we've got to kill some time we we sing we sing gods because we come sing songs so we come to worship god we've come to honor his name we've come to glory his name glorify his name and everything that that we do and we know that as we as we sing and as we worship he inhabits our praises and there's just uh, just the 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 beauty and the privilege of gathering together as a community is just, just so amazing. And so our first job of the day, our first call of the day is to minister to God, is to worship Him, is to praise Him. Is to, that's, that, that's what we, we're meant to do as priests. Then we are called to reach the lost and go and do all that kind of thing. The last point. And they will reign upon the earth. It declares that you and I are called to be people who reign. And it's given us why we can reign. Because of the, the lamb that was slain. Because of the purchased blood. Because now we are part of a kingdom. Because he's made us priests unto him. And so we are now called to reign in this life. And to apply the blood and to apply what we've learned today to reigning and and walking and living in uh, wherever you go to work. Some of us, some people here go to work and I'm Some people work in New Germany. Some people work uh, just down the road. Wherever it is, we are called to reign with him and we are called to rule with him. And we are called to bring Jesus into those situations. We're called to bring the power of Jesus. So we are called to reign. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are called to be slaves unto righteousness because of what the blood has, has, has achieved. So you and I are called this week to walk in righteousness, to walk in holiness, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in uh, whatever, whatever you need in that situation, to walk in kindness, just to be kind this week. That's what we are called to do. And it's all been done for us. It's all been done on the cross. And so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the blood. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as this week unfolds, that you would help us to apply the blood to every situation that we find ourselves wherever it is that we know that there's protection, there's healing, there's, there's life. The life of Jesus is only found in the blood. And we thank you, Lord, that we have been washed and cleansed. And though our sins were as scarlet, we are now whiter than snow. We have been washed. We are a new people, a new creation. And let us walk in the joy and the peace in the battle that we find ourselves in, the peace of that. Thank you, Lord. Amen.